I'm Nicole Abshire. And I'm Claire Campos O'Neill. Today, we are bringing you a special episode of The Voucher Scam. If you've been following our show, you know that we've been working on a four-episode series to help explain the deeper story of education vouchers in Texas and how they pose a threat to democracy. But when it comes to vouchers, it turns out there are a lot of hairballs to untangle. So at the same time as we've been working on our four-episode series, we've also decided to release a few special episodes. Our special episodes are meant to provide more context for the battle being fought within the Texas legislature in 2023. And so today's special episode is going to shine light on the role of rural Texas. But before we dive in, a brief update on what's happening. And just note that we are releasing this episode on October 26th. So by the time you hear this, things may have changed. Okay, so the Texas Senate passed a bill that would set aside $500 million for education savings accounts, or ESAs. ESAs, remember, are code for vouchers. And if this bill were to pass, families could apply for an $8,000 voucher. But this Senate bill faces an uphill battle in the House. Democrats in the House countered with the Fully Fund Our Future Act, which would raise teacher pay and increase funding for public schools. And of course, the Democrat-backed bill would not have vouchers. Meanwhile, Governor Greg Abbott has dug in his heels. He will not consider any additional funding for raising teacher pay or any other funding for public schools unless he first gets his way on passing a voucher bill. I wrote the agenda for the special session as only addressing ESAs. Once ESAs are passed, I will put on the legislative call the full funding for public education, including teacher pay raises for teachers across the state of Texas. So right now, it is unclear if vouchers will pass in 2023 or not. It boils down to a lot of Republican infighting. On one side are Republican senators funded by wealthy donors. On the other side are rural Republicans who thus far have remained firm in their opposition to vouchers. So why is that exactly? We wanted to get a better understanding of how rural communities in Texas view the voucher issue. So we reached out to Dr. Michelle Reinhart from Alpine, Texas. I'm Dr. Michelle Reinhart, proud superintendent in Alpine ISD, which is a school district that serves 1,000 children in Alpine, Texas, the home of the Fighting Bucks. And we are in a rural, remote part of Texas, far west Texas in the Big Bend region, about two and a half hours from the nearest regional airport and the nearest city center. Dr. Reinhardt has immense pride in her community. We interviewed her during a special week for Alpine ISD, where she was feeling extra school spirit. It is homecoming in Alpine ISD. This week showcases the belonging that the school district brings to people in our community, to our kids, but also to their families. The schools give a sense of identity to communities. So in Alpine, Alpine is Buck Nation. Alpine ISD is not only the largest employer in town, but it's also the center of the community and is the organization that unites the community and brings it together and gives our community something to be proud of and uh, something to celebrate. Dr. Reinhardt shared what educators in Alpine ISD strive to impress upon the students in their classroom and what it means to be an Alpine Buck. Being a Buck means something. So it means 
um, kindness and compassion. It also means incredibly high standards. So for behavior and manners, yes sir, yes ma'am, to how we build friendships, how we treat people, how we include others, how we think about others beyond ourselves, to high expectations in the classroom. We're going to work hard and learn a lot. And the culture we try to, to foster throughout our school district is of excellence and joy. We wanted to get a sense of how the schools in the district break down. We have an elementary school that has a, a pre-K-3, pre-K-4, and then kinder through fourth grade. Um, our pre-K-3 and pre-K-4 programs full day and at no cost to our community. We have a middle school with grades 5 through 8 and a high school serving grades 9 through 12. And just in August, we are blessed to open the Alpine Child Development Center, a daycare center bringing 50 plus new child care spots to our community, which was previously a child care desert. And Alpine has been extremely resourceful, providing for so many of the children in the community. Regarding the new child development center, Dr. Reinhardt said, We were able to bring that to the community based exclusively on grant funding opportunities that we sought and received a half a million dollar grant from Texas Workforce Commission for startup. And then we have built that child care center with local with partnerships with local organizations so that Alpine ISD won't incur the expected losses because child care centers in rural communities are not profitable. They are not break even. And it is a recruiting mechanism for our rural hospital that previously struggled to bring nurses and doctors and um, hospital professionals to the area because there was no child care. As Dr. Reinhardt shared, the Child Development Center allows Alpine to recruit healthcare workers. But it's not an easy task especially when the district is chronically underfunded. How can you do that? How can you do that right now? And how can you afford that down the road? But what we're seeing is that economically, as a community, we needed childcare. And we're the most peripheral organization to solve that need. And so it was one of those where we couldn't wait. We had to have this for our community. And the um, benefit of it outweighs the potential risks. Let's spend a moment on what we've heard from many guests in this podcast so far. Public schools are underfunded. Voucher proponents dispute this fact, so we asked Dr. Reinhardt what she's experiencing on the ground. I'll start by saying the most recent data out from the Equity Center here in Texas shows that 76% of Texas public schools currently, right now, do not receive their full state allotment. So this idea that Texas school districts are not underfunded, complete lie, complete lie. 24% receive their full allotment right now. Even some of those that are, that fall into that lucky 24%, if you will, that get their total amount are saying it's not enough. The mechanics of why a district does not receive just the full allotment they are entitled to is complicated, perhaps unnecessarily so, but we'll try our best to explain. There are a number of nuances in Texas's public education funding formula that deliberately withhold funding from school districts. So there's all kinds of reasons that school districts cannot receive their full allotment. So one is like local tax collections, right? That if you don't um, collect 100% of your local taxes, then that lowers the amount that you receive and the state does not make that up. And Dr. Reinhardt shared more reasons why districts are not getting what they should be getting, but we don't want to get too in the weeds. 
One point we do want to linger on is that many Texans are seeing their property tax bill go up year over year, but that does not mean that school districts are getting any extra money. Local property owners are paying more of the funding, but schools aren't getting a single dollar more for classrooms. And so that creates such a local tension, understandably, where people are upset with their local public schools saying, why are my taxes going up? And you're still complaining that you don't have enough money. And so being able to show behind the curtain to show the state is intentionally increasing the amount that you pay of the total bill, you property owners, but not increasing the amount of funding that actually goes to schools. Just because your property tax bill is going up, that does not mean your local school district is getting more money. In fact, much of that excess money that the state collects goes to the state's general budget, not public education. Like we said, it's complicated, not to mention infuriating. And Dr. Reinhardt knows this firsthand. She has made a concerted effort to educate her community so that they are empowered with knowledge. I have a radio show I do every other Friday called Buck Banner with our local radio station. We talk about school finance regularly because we're one of the lowest funded districts in the state of Texas. Also, uh, monthly newspaper columns, really talking to anyone who will listen about these issues to help peel back that curtain and help people understand what's going on. And I think we're, you know, people are activated by this idea of why not us? Why do our children not deserve a fully funded education? And yes, we may be seven hours from Austin, But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have a seat at the table or that our voice doesn't matter or that our kids don't matter. We love that the residents of Alpine are connecting the dots and advocating for their local public schools. This is part of the reason why we say that the push for vouchers is a threat to democracy and local control. Hey, Voucher Scam listeners, do you want to be a strategic player in politics? Then we want to tell you about Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that takes big ideas about civic life and democracy and turns them into action items for all of us. If you love our show, you will love Future Hindsight. Mila Atmos is passionate about unlocking the power of everyday citizens. Join her on the show as she zeroes in on what you can do to get engaged and stay engaged. Every Thursday, she talks to bold activists and civic innovators to help you understand your power and your power to change the status quo. Find them at futurehindsight.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Dr. Reinhardt shared an example of how chronic underfunding has impacted her district. When you're going to school in a school district that has been so chronically underfunded for so long, there's a lot of things our kids don't get and don't have. And so I'll give you an example. When my children came here, when we moved here in 2022, last summer, and they started in the fall, my uh, kids will say the darndest things, as y'all know. And my kids would say, why is our playground here like it is, right? Everything is old and outdated, but Alpine has become so proficient at doing well with very little. It is impressive what Alpine has been able to accomplish on such a tight budget, but there are some big ticket projects that have been deferred. We asked Dr. Reinhardt what she wishes her district could afford. 
We have a lot of work to do and facilities in all kinds of areas. So from um, replacing a turf that had a 12-year lifespan and is on year 12, and we don't have money to replace that, to removing 30-year-old heating infrastructure from one of our schools and updating flooring that hasn't been updated in 20 years. If you come and see all of our um, yellow dog buses, you'll see mismatched uh, font on the sides because we, we get almost all of our buses secondhand from other wealthier districts that have used them for however many tens of thousands of miles. And then they upgrade and we get it and take off their name and add Alpine at the beginning. It's across the board, which makes sense. When you lose 15% of your um, allotment every year, that comes from everywhere. That comes from everywhere. And I just would love to be able to fund accounts for our campuses to be able to do creative things, whereas it's really become a scarcity mindset of the money's not there. Along with the big infrastructure projects, Dr. Reinhardt also wishes she had more money in the budget to pay staff. Our starting teachers, um, if they're not certified, start at $33,000 a year. Y'all run the math and try to figure out how you can afford housing and food and to raise a family on that. Certified teachers start at $35,000. Our paraprofessionals start at $20,000 a year, y'all. And um, how do you live on that? I can't imagine raising a family on $33,000 a year. The poverty line in Texas for a family of four is $29,000. And as we all know, household expenses are on the rise. We keep coming back to educator pay because it has real implications on the kind of talent that a district like Alpine can recruit and retain. So Alpine ISD has a history of incredibly accomplished, successful teachers. But as the districts around us begin to afford paying 20 $30,000 more per year to a starting teacher, we cannot attract and retain early career teachers who will grow into the amazing buck teachers we have on staff. And so we've already seen the beginning of that shift where we're having to hire more and more non-certified, brand new to teaching teachers, many of whom are doing an incredible job, right, for an absolutely underpaid salary in our community and in this profession. But we're very concerned about being able to sustain the high quality teaching force that we've historically had here. And that is absolutely an impact of being persistently underfunded year over year. Alpine ISD has been able to make do with so little. And Dr. Reinhardt points out that that should not be used as justification to give them less than the district is entitled to. Alpine SD, historically, last, you know, little while, y'all have been an A district with only receiving 85% of your funding. So, like, you didn't really need that other 15%, right? It's that whole, you've been successful, so maybe that level of funding was enough, and just because we have been fiscally responsible, we have not run huge deficit budgets, we have found ways to get by and keep the lights on with less, does not mean 
that that is a fully funded education for those children. We spend a lot of time and energy and human capital bandwidth trying to hunt down that funding versus receiving your full state allotment. And of course, we had to ask about vouchers and if Dr. Reinhardt is worried about them passing. So I think there's everything to worry about for two reasons. First, I feel like the voucher um, programs can create perverse incentives to pull students and families out of public schools and into other options with no real transparency, no real accountability, no real clarity on whether those are even better options, more effective options. When I think about this, I think about the core values of Texans. And either we care about transparency and accountability with public funds, or we don't. The other reason why we are so concerned about vouchers is because of how this is being rolled out, how it's being forced, literally forced on rural communities, how rural communities are being lied to and lied about and misrepresented for these programs to be forced on our communities, but also the systemic undermining of public education that we have seen from our state level leaders as part of this program. And that is heartbreaking for anyone in Alpine ISD who loves our public schools, who voted either side of the aisle to see our state leaders publicly and intentionally undermining our public schools is just unfathomable. And that is heartbreaking, y'all. We feel that heartbreak. It's part of the reason we're making this podcast, because we know that public schools are doing incredible work, and sometimes we take what we have for granted. When you're in a school district, you see the amazing things that happen every day. But when you're a parent, you see drop-off. You see pickup at the end of the day. You pull out whatever you can from your kiddo about what happened during the day, but you don't get that inside view to all of those amazing things that are happening. And so as a district, we've, ta- we've um, made a very concerted effort to tell our story. So our social media page is incredibly active. You'll see celebrations from every single campus almost every single day on there because there is always something amazing going on in the district and we want people to know about it. Dr. Reinhardt shares what's at stake if vouchers pass. The community would lose its identity. We have families where generations have gone through as Alpine Bucks. And our school district has been built by our community. And so it would also be an abandonment of something that this community has built from the ground up. So many public schools are intertwined with a community's identity, and the thought of those schools being stripped down by political leaders is crushing and disorienting because it means losing a sense of identity. And so to lose that school district that so many people have invested so much in it is at its core a loss of identity. If Alpine ISD no longer exists, then Alpine isn't Buck Nation. And 
the future of Alpine as a community is, is no longer secure. We heard a similar sentiment from Jennifer Berkshire, who was featured in episode two. She writes and podcasts about the intersection of education and politics. The vision is to kind of untether us from any sense of place and community, that, that we will just be these isolated consumers who have no interest other than our own. And think about like how all the different ways that that vision breaks down in a place like Texas. Something Claire and I have had many discussions about as we've created this series is that public education is a public good. It does not and should not fall under the free market because when that happens, we see public education as a commodity and we see ourselves as consumers. And as Jennifer points out, we become isolated and detached from the bigger community. Dr. Reinhardt reminds us that the experience in Alpine ISD is a similar experience for many rural communities. You change out the mascot, you change out the predominant color in your wardrobe. Every rural community has that, like that belonging, that that pride in their school district. And the ways that that school district serves that community to grow its future citizenry, but also to provide other community-based services that otherwise don't exist in those rural communities. And Dr. Reinhardt reminds parents that while vouchers might sound like a great opportunity to give their kid a leg up, know that it comes with caveats. You have protections in public schools that your child will receive a free and appropriate public education, right? That if you disagree with a decision, there is a process you can go through to um, have that looked at and reassessed. Any of these things that we as parents, when we have a conflict, if you will, with a school and we want to work together to, to fix that, there are all kinds of protections. So I think about some of those requirements that then do not exist in the private schools. We wrapped up by asking Dr. Reinhardt what she would like to leave folks with regarding their rural brothers and sisters. We have many of the same goals for our children that you have for yours. We want our children to maximize their potential, to belong, to grow into confident versions of themselves, and to develop deep roots here and strong wings. And we know that many of our children will leave our community for a time, but we hope they come back and we hope they come back stronger. And so as a community and as a school system, and here in Alpine, we use those words interchangeably because they're so interconnected here. We want amazing things for our children, as do you. Every Texas community wants that for their kids. We'll be back next week with episode three of The Voucher Scam. And we will share the history of vouchers in Texas, along with a story about a school district in Texas that had a voucher program for 10 years. The Voucher Scam was created by me, Nicole Abshire, and Claire Compos O'Neill. Our producer is Michelle Dahlenberg. Michael Osborne provided production oversight. Jared Markshuk is our audio engineer. We used music from Blue Dot Sessions and APM Music. Special thanks to Nancy Thompson, Scott White, and 14th Street Studios. The Voucher Scam is a production of the Mothers for Democracy Institute.